All right, Justin. A through Z. N. Is in Nancy. A uh, good friend of Nancy Reagan, Henry Kissinger is still dead, and it's fantastic. <laughs> still dead. Yes. <laughs> You weren't here for it last week, Justin, <laughs> when I was talking about how he's a terrible war criminal and a traitor to America, and I'm glad he's dead. And uh, I just want everybody to know he's still dead this week. Let's go. Yeah, so nobody be alarmed. Yeah, Makes me happy will. as shit. Because if anybody was going to come back from the dead, like some fucking Nancy, like necromancy ghoul, it'd be that fucker Henry Kissinger. So... Super happy that that fucker is still dead. Um, also, weirdly, I've got multiple things with the letter N today. This is, you know, really crazy for me. Uh, oh, I said that. And then, okay, yes. Uh, speaking of the letter N, the movie Napoleon has recently come out. And it has like, it had like a $200 million budget. Right up there with another uh, pretty well-known movie at this point in time, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Also roughly had a $200 million budget. Uh, Very similar also to another movie called The Marvels by Disney. And weirdly enough, they've all roughly kind of come close to the same box office. Uh, The Marvels having done the best at the box office followed second by Flowers of the Killer Moon. And then, you know, Napoleon is last, but it's also the newest of those movies, but projected to still come in under Flowers of the Killer Moon. And yet only one of those movies is considered a failure. And I wish I remember what TikTok, uh, the name of the TikToker I was that pointed all this out. I would definitely give them credit if I didn't have a slightly shitty memory. Um, But, and he brought up a very good point. It kind of figures like you've two kind of like prestige movies, if you will, and a female-led movie. And I I know some people are going to argue that's reaching. I don't think it is. Because only one of them is considered a flop. When they're all literally the same. And I don't think the argument that two of them were made for prestige is a valid enough argument to still say that they're not flops because yeah. there's lots of movies that are made for prestige and still suck, you know? So that's not a valid argument to me. And I think it just kind of feeds into the narrative that, you know, a, that we kind of expect when it comes to these things, whenever it is, uh, especially revolving around Captain Marvel and Brie Larson specifically, you know, and, oh yes, Heather reminded me, the TikToker was nerd speech. So nerd speech on TikTok. Thank you. I'm glad we could give them credit. But I just wanted to know what you guys thought about that. Like, or if you agree, disagree, anything, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I do think that's interesting. And like, 
because part of me is like, okay, are they considering the Marvels a flop because of it compared to other movies in the MCU? Or is it actually because it's this female led like movie that it feels like nobody was really taking seriously in the first place? Like, I don't know. I just feel like everybody did not expect much from the film. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, that's a slightly fair argument, but then, you know, I, I also argue that it also had a bigger calamity of circumstances going against it. Came yeah. out still in the middle of the writer's strike. That's you know, also like, true. It's prime yeah. promotional time. Writer's strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The fact that what the fuck else for Marvel's coming out anytime soon, you know, there's mm-hmm. no like Marvel in general is kind of, lost with what it's doing, you know, and even if you disagree with my, my point of view on the narrative of it being lost, you have to admit it kind of is. There's one Marvel movie coming out next year. One, you know, and that's not even one that's a traditional MCU property. That's one they bought from Fox and just said it's in the MCU now. So it's not even a traditional MCU Mm -hmm. property. Yeah. You know, they, they, there's so many things kind of stacked up against it right now. And on top of that, you know, Marvel fucking failing on a few other projects doesn't sh- put confidence in this. I get that. Yeah. But the thing is, is I don't know too many people that saw it and didn't think it was at least good. Yeah, I haven't actually heard of anybody that's seen it that said it was bad. It was either like, yeah, that was fun or it was really good or, you know, somewhere in between there. But I've never heard I haven't heard anybody yet be like, that was just a terrible movie. You know. What about you, Justin? Have you heard anybody say it was bad? Like, has anybody looked you in the eye and said it was bad? No. Um, For the Marvels, no, I haven't heard that sentiment. And even when I go online and look at stuff or there's some article about the Marvel's flopping or something like that. Typically people are in the article chiming in about how good it was, or I saw it, thought it was fun or it wasn't that bad or, you know, it was just fine. It was just a solid fun movie. So I definitely think when it comes to the Marvel's, there's definitely a, a, a certain sect of the public out there on the internet that hates Brie Larson and, they were campaigning against Brie Larson when the first Captain Marvel came out. And then when the movie came out, they were super critical about her acting, saying she was too wooden. She can't play this character and stuff like that. Um, I even had somebody message me a while ago and was like, well, I think in, and somehow we were talking about infinity war and we were talking about her and he was like, well, She's oh, she's so overpowered in the MCU that they have to take her out of different points of the story because if she was there, she would just handle the shit. And they were kind of like they have a problem with her because of that. And I was like, so you don't have a problem with Goku when they take him out of the story so that these other characters can get some shine. So you don't have a problem with Superman when they take him out of the story so that Batman can get some shine. 
they do that with let's, Star Wars. I mean, they do that shit in everything. Well, let's go know? a slightly more direct comparison. Another Marvel property, not technically MCU, but another Marvel property. Professor Xavier. Yeah. They find a yep. way to take him out of almost every fucking X-Men movie because he could just shut off people's brains. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying that this friend that I was talking to has some sort of negative opinion of Brie Larson. I don't think I, I don't think I could accuse him of that. But I do think when you are constantly hearing this narrative that the character is too powerful, the character has, you know, shouldn't be there because it's it's a mixed match of powers and abilities or the, the, the character was taken out because she has too much power and all of this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, even when the character was there, they didn't solve the problem. Thanos still punched the shit out of her. I mean, it still was, you know, Tony Stark that came into the clutch with the iron gauntlet and everything. And that's what destroyed Thanos. It wasn't, she wasn't the solution once she got there. So it's like not even true to what happened. But even then, it's not, it's not technically a Brie Larson problem. Yeah, Brie Larson but didn't I think, write the scripts. Like, you know, yeah, like, true. Exactly. But I feel like that's sort of part of this sort of hate narrative against her. And, and I don't know everything about the Brie Larson hate. I, I, I know some of it had to do with something about her and NFTs. And I, I don't even really know what an I don't NFT even know is. I know that or, one. It, you, NFT, yeah, but, I can sum it up real quick. It's a non-fungible token. Uh, it's also just a bunch of bullshit. Okay. Fuck all you crypto bros. NFTs are bullshit. <laughs> See, and I figured maybe it was something along the lines of like cryptocurrency or some shit yes. like that. But anyway, I think in its infancy, she was a big supporter of it. And people got onto it for that. I mean, I, clearly this woman just can't do shit. The but I think it's is, just a, the, oh, the people ahead. that would be mad at her for that. Or like that just don't like her are the people that also would love NFTs. <laughs> so it's like this weird mix of like they're mad because she likes something they like. Hmm. Right. Maybe so. And and how could she like this? So, yeah. you know, I, I think a lot of it is the hate narrative with her. Um, however, uh, that movie is a flop when you look at previous Marvel movies. I mean, there is some truth to that. So I, I do want to acknowledge that too. Yes. I'm not sitting there blaming Brie Larson or that, or saying she's too powerful or anything oh. like that, but there is some truth to When you look at the, the mountain of money that some of these movies have made and like guardians three is a recent one. It still made what eight hundred million, close to nine hundred million, uh, worldwide and stuff yeah. like that. This is a far cry from that. Oh, it, but like you said, there are so many other like factors and situations that come into play, like the timing of it, the writer strike. I think all of that comes into play. You know, the COVID delays. Um, who saw the other characters from the Disney Plus series? You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that you could talk about with that, that of reasons why it flopped that have nothing to do with the quality of the film. 
Oh, uh, my point with that, though, isn't to say that the Marvels wasn't a flop. Yeah, yeah. It is that you have to call Killers of the Flower Moon and Napoleon a flop, too. Now, to those, what I wanted to say about those is, what exactly, I, I think I need to understand more what people are saying, because if it's made little money at the box office, why are they saying it's a successful movie? I need to understand why. Are they saying it's a good movie and people are sort of spinning the narrative a little bit, um, you know, because it's because or, or Killers of the Flower Moon is critically acclaimed or something like maybe. It's, it's the argument that prestige movies don't have to make their budget back. In order to be considered successful, a successful movie. I guess I guess then you're you're kind of looking at okay, well, what defines success? But I know the Killers of the Flower Moon, isn't it also tied up in like the Apple Plus thing? Like, so how, was it a limit? Ish. Wasn't it a limited release anyway? Uh, it like, wasn't completely a limited release. It was a we have to put this out so it gets award recognition. Same with Napoleon. The only okay. way they can get a, uh, award acknowledgement at this point from the Academy Awards is to have theatrical releases. Okay. So, so who knows? Maybe there's some truth to the fact that if you look at what it made, and I'm just on killers right now, what it made in the limited time it's been released. And then you look at the, the, the Apple plus numbers or whatever, or buys or whatever purchases, whatever, maybe somebody could argue that it is a success based on that. But if they're just blatantly coming out going, oh, it's awesome, it's a success, and there's nothing to back that up other than them just saying it's a prestige movie, I do see why you would have a problem with that. As far as Napoleon, I haven't heard shit about Napoleon, guys. I I haven't heard any negative about it. I haven't heard any positive about it. That movie has just been there. I, I don't know anybody who's seen it. Saw. Like exactly. Like I don't know anybody who's seen it. I know I, nobody was like, Oh, this is an anticipated release. Like, I mean, I haven't heard shit about that movie. So it, it, it would be really weird if people are like, it's a triumph that can set success. Like even critically, it's got a moderate score. Like it's, like I haven't heard any real positive or negative about it. That movie is just kind of existing as far as I'm concerned. See, I think my issue with it is there are multiple metrics when it comes to looking at a movie and whether or not it meets the goals you want it to meet. You know, some movies are made just to garner critical buzz because of some of the financial incentives that might mean for other properties. You know, sometimes mm. movies just want to have, uh, you know, good numbers on streaming services. But like in these instances, they have to release it in theaters and stuff like that. My point is that essentially a box office flop is technically the same no matter what there are definitive metrics on whether or not a movie is a box office flop, even if that's not the company's goal. 
Apple probably did not release Napoleon or Killers of the Flower Moon in theaters to make their money back that way. That's fair. But you can still look at the box office numbers and go, you would need to make $400 million to get your money back, and you're sitting at 117 That is still, regardless of what Apple's goal is, is still a box office flop. You know what I mean? That That is a clearly defined thing. You know, we have ways of determining whether or not something's a box office flop. Because for all we know, the Marvels could come out on Disney Plus and be the best movie on Disney Plus for the next eight years straight. You yeah, know what I mean? True. What was their rough box office numbers? Uh, for which one? Uh, well, they're kind of all around the same, right? All the movies, the uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, Marvels and Napoleon. Last I knew, Killers of the Flower Moon, I wanted to say, was around 117. Okay. So, Napoleon. I should have been a little bit more prepared. Heather, that's very rude of you to <laughs> to do this to me, to it's ask me very specific bad. numbers when I ain't got shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, Killers of the Flower, or I'm sorry, Napoleon is sitting at 140 million worldwide which that's, you know, respectable, except for the fact that it's $400 million to break even. Uh, so it probably still won't. The Marvels is sitting at, Marvels is sitting at $200 million. And Killers of the Flower Moon is sitting at 154 The okay. thing is, is all movies are still trending down. Napoleon is not expected to do much this weekend. You know, uh, Napoleon was the uh, third highest grossing movie of the weekend. It's expected to be like ninth or 10th this following, you know, so they're, they're expecting that's most of the money it's ever going to make right there. You know what I mean? So they don't expect it to catch killers of the flower moon and they don't expect it to catch the Marvels. You know what I mean? So, and that's why I was bringing it up like that is that's the way it is. Uh, which that reminds me, though, that Godzilla minus one. That movie was made for fifteen million dollars, and it made forty. Fantastic. Good job. Wow. On that. See, that's the thing. It's like that's what I'm saying. Is there, there's like hard metrics on what's a success and what's not, based on so many things. Like it made forty million dollars. That's not a lot of money. Rousing success. Because it only cost fifteen. They've doubled their budget and almost made two-thirds extra profit. You know, that's why I'm like, when it comes to box office numbers, there are metrics. There's not, you know, critical acclaim, like, doesn't matter as much when it comes to your hard box office numbers. And that's why I think it's disingenuous to say the Marvels is a flop and the other two aren't. When it just comes to box office. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. That's what I'm saying with it is that yeah, and, and I think I'm inclined to agree with that. My only caveat would be unless somebody is unless the studios is defining success as something different. So it, you that, know, is it possible for a movie to not be a box office success 
but still be a critical success, yeah, well, still yes. be an award success, yes. still be considered like a great film and stuff like that. You know, th- there are tons of movies that didn't do well when they ran at the box office. There have been some that were panned by critics. There have been some didn't make any money and now they're considered like American classics and stuff like that. So, you know, you want a very, I don't know. Apt I, I feel example like of that you got a very specific example of that fits the timing of the year and everything. The movie It's a Wonderful Life, Mm. box office failure, critical failure, considered a terrible movie when it came out. But back in the day, broadcasters needed something to put on the air for Christmas that they could just put on the air and not worry about. The rights for It's a Wonderful Life were so fucking cheap Because it was considered so terrible that most broadcast stations just played It's a Wonderful Life on Christmas. And now what is it considered? An all-time classic Christmas movie. Yep. A must-see Christmas film. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great example. Or I look at something like Shawshank Redemption that didn't make very much at the box office, was panned by critics, and now that is considered one of the greatest movies ever, you know, that's got a weird story like that too. Yeah. So it's like, it was shown on TNT and TBS so many times because Ted Turner produced the movie and also owned (laughs) those networks and sold himself the rights to it very cheaply. So that's why I was on TNT (laughs) all the time. And it's now it's yes. It's like you say, Justin, it's just a part of American life. Like at any given point in time, like the joke is, is like at any given point in time, how many channels are showing Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. Like, so it's weird. Like, because I saw, I think it's all about how you define success. Now, obviously if somebody is spinning some sort of malicious narrative about these movies, that's not cool. But if the point of the Marvels was, to to simply rake in money and it had no other goal but the box office goal, then it definitely failed on every level. You know what I mean? But if Killers of the Flower Moon comes out, it's a limited release. We're going to throw it out there. But really what we're doing is award hunting and trying to get some critical acclaim off of that. Then if it does make you know if it does make more money than expected and it does like even if it doesn't make its budget and then at the will come award time it wins all this stuff gets showered is considered like this great movie then maybe you could argue it was i mean if that was the goal of the the studio in the first place i think it's just all about how you define success well i Um, think either way we parse it the studios want to make some money. Oh yeah. For you know sure. what I mean? For I sure. agree with you that, yeah, they might care more about the awards, but don't tell me Apple with their super expensive fucking electronics. Don't give a fuck <laughs> about the money. No, you know of what I mean? They care. Like that's why it's, it's, it's that I don't want to trust studios when it comes to what their goals were. Mm-hmm. Cause I guarantee part of their goals, they want these movies on Apple plus Apple TV plus. So you buy the subscription, you know what I mean? 
they still want to make their money with these things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then sometimes I think, especially in Hollywood, depending on who you are, your accomplishments, your reputation, things like that, sometimes, un- maybe unfairly so, you get the benefit of the doubt while other things just don't. At the end of the day, yeah. the Marvels is a comic book fucking movie about, you know, a bunch of motherfuckers flying around, switching places and shit and fighting some forgettable villain. And it's just kind of popcorn fun. But Martin Scorsese is considered one of the, if not the greatest director in the history of cinema. He's going to get some benefit of the doubts that he's he, the narrative for him, a movie of his is just going to be different and probably spun differently because he's sort of his accomplishments demand that it's looked at differently. Not always fair, but I'm just talking about what he is not necessarily what's fair. And that's, that's not wrong. Like what you said. Yeah, that's not wrong. I mean, I think it should be wrong. If you saw the Irishman, I don't think he should get the benefit of the doubt anymore. (laughs) That was tight, man. You didn't like Robert De-aged De Niro, Robert De Niro. <laughs> beating up somebody. You didn't like De Niro beating up somebody on the side of the street. 26-year-old De Niro moving like an 80-year-old. <laughs> fucking cinema classic. He was fucking that dude up, though. It was it was a little slow. You know, he wasn't exactly raging bull, but he, was he, done. he wasn't exactly just temperamental cow. I mean. <laughs> temperamental cow. Okay, that was a nice comeback. But come on, guys, you, you, y'all, y'all out there, y'all know what this shit is, man. That fool is gonna get the benefit of the doubt, man. No, and it's, I get it's Martin that. Scorsese. And, 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 and Ridley Scott did Napoleon. He's gonna get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I'm not gonna lie. And Justin. is some of that on? But but like you said, is some of that? Could some of that shit be on some woman shit? Of course it can. Could some of that shit be on some Brie Larson hate? Of course it can. But. Motherfucker, sometimes that's where that's the way the cookie crumbles. And, and, and when when I say this though, when I say that like people are saying one's a flop and the other ones aren't, I'm not even talking about like studio insiders. I'm talking about your in general like internet chatter. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like that's why I find it disingenuous. You know what I mean? Like because you know there are several factors some, to some stuff. I mean. On top of that, too, and that does segue nicely into the final topic I wanted to do for this intro. Do you hear what Bob Iger said that they what what was the downfall of the Marvels? Oh, no. What do you say? There was not enough executives there to help them make decisions. That was the downfall of the Marvels. There wasn't enough studio interference. Because, you huh. know, studios are notorious for giving good notes. I have never heard a story about a studio giving notes and going, oh, that was the right call. Every story I have ever heard about studio notes is them making the stupidest fucking decisions or giving the stupidest fucking ideas that they could ever give. Uh, did have you guys have, uh, have you both of you seen uh, Kong Skull Island? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
a lot of people would consider John C. Riley one of the better parts of that movie. I'm not saying the movie's bad or anything. I'm just saying he was like he was the beloved character from that movie. Everybody loved John C. Riley. The studio hated him and thought it was a waste and they did not need him. That's interesting. You know what changed their mind? Test audience is going, we fucking love that guy. <laughs> At but least this, they listen to their audience, I guess. Yeah, well, nice. it, it's kind of hard when every test audience is like, oh, that's fucking great. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's just one of those things that, like, they always weirdly dis- have these weird fucking desires to just destroy movies. Uh, What's his name? David Zaslov, CEO of Warner Brothers also recently came out saying he had to make the brave decision to not release Batgirl. Why? He is such a bitch. (laughs) Like, why is he acting like that was the decision to, you know, like go rescue Black Hawk down? What a hero, that guy. <laughs> yep. Big time. Had to make the brave decision. Fuck right off. I always love it when somebody like describes themselves as brave. Exactly. You know? That's what I think <laughs> makes it dirtier. Yeah, bragging about yeah. being brave. I was brave to not release a movie that was filmed. What a fucking joke. That's all I got. Oh, I, I want to check one more thing real quick. Just real quick. I'll be really quick. Yeah. Henry Kissinger is still dead. Thanks for checking in on that. I'm glad you checked on that. Yeah. I, I really hope up. between now and when this episode comes out, he does not resurrect himself. Right. Yes. And go on my face if that happens. Are you guys ready to talk about this movie? guess so yeah yeet i'm not i really don't want to hit that intro music dang it's a long one brother you in for some pain why is it gonna be long (laughs) this movie had no words what the fuck are we gonna say about it (laughs) jason's like i'm just letting you know you got a lot to say (laughs) well the Note to Cinefans, the amount I have to say about this movie will be apparently a stark contrast to the amount of words Jastin has to say. So this might balance out. Transition. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight we're going to talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with the new John Woo movie, Silent Night. We will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores and then into a more spoiler-centric section with time codes in the description to 
allow you to jump around in both audio and video formats if you so require. And with all that, just to set the tone for this episode, I'll go first. Heather, on to you. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, well, you, if, well, if you haven't seen the movie, I just said all the script. Yes, yes, that's uh, that is a good point. So you said about as much as the movie said. I get that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like this one is interesting, and I am, I am, I think in general this is going to be an interesting, uh, like movie to talk about because yeah, there's just not any like there's less dialogue in this than there was in that no one will save you movie. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> just, I don't know, but it's, um, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's hard to know what to really say except, um, like, are we throwing you off Heather? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> So, um, I have is, a confession this is, to make, Heather. This is how prepared we are for this. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh I was God. I was like, something's happening over here, and I'm so confused. Justin watched the wrong movie. I did. <laughs> and that's why I was laughing, and that's why we were on two separate pages with things. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> that's why I was like, it was long, and you were like, nobody said anything. And I was like, what is he talking about? And I was like, man, did I, I guess I read your message wrong, bro. Yeah, I thought we week. were switching to killers. Next so I week. watched that. No. Yeah. This week we still I watched Silent. Wrong, man. Yeah. Cause so I'm reading it now. You, you like legitimately just watched killers of the Fuck. flower moon last night. Yes. For this. Yes. <laughs> oh, I shit. watched that long ass shit. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, you were ultra prepared for next week. Damn it, man. That's so funny, though. Oh, I was no. so confused because Justin's like, when I'm like kind of making fun of the movie, and Justin's like, stop it. And I'm like, stop what? I was like, Justin, I know you did not like this movie. I know you did not like it. You cannot tell me you watched this movie and liked it. And then he's like, I watched Killers. And I was like, oh. Oh, my gosh. That's really funny. The only Damn thing it. I did see pop up was you didn't watch Silent Night. And like, I thought there was some kind of joke I was missing in the rest of that message. But that's not a joke. That's just the whole thing. OK. <laughs> now. Well, fuck. <laughs> let, let me see if maybe I could get it in. Um, can y'all record like Friday or something? That's kind of up in the air for you, right, Sterling? Yeah, it's a little up in the air for me. Oh, yeah, because you got all that family shit going on. Fuck. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I fucked up. I, I, I don't know why I read that like, oh, we're switching. I don't know why. Yeah, for I this thought. weekend. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. This it was the one weekend. for Poor Things is the one we were yes. going to do. And then we switched it to Killers. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I just, fuck, man. I just, I, I guess when I read it, I was distracted <laughs> and I just. Wow. It would have been kind of funny, though, to go through this and then like you're. 
just talking about something I, so different. <laughs> so it's it's just really funny because your reaction, Justin, and I I am keeping all of this. We are keeping all of this because worst case, <laughs> you could drop off Justin and we'll finish. Me and Heather can just do uh, Silent Night. We can just knock it out real quick. Um, okay. Okay. But you know, because this is just so funny. This is fantastic. This truly this is. is great. Because I was just I was legitimately confused by you, Justin. Because you're like, stop it. And I'm like, and I'm just sitting here thinking, Justin, there is no way in fucking hell you watch Silent Night and we're like, I'm going to die on the hill that is this movie. <laughs> so much to say about it. Like, <laughs> I could see that we might have a difference in opinion to where you at least thought it was okay. Yeah. But not, I'm going to die on the hill of this movie. <laughs> No. This is not the one. This is not the one for oh that. Oh, my God. No. And that's why when you were like, even when you were talking earlier, it, it, you were like, yeah, so Killers of the Flower Moon is on there so, so you guys can watch it. Um, so, so, yeah, it's there available to watch. And I'm sitting in my head thinking, well, of course it's available to watch. You brought it so we can watch it. Like, why did he say it like that? You know, I, I was still sitting there going in my head thinking, why did he say it like that? It's like, he can watch it anytime you want. You're like, tonight. yeah, that's why we watched it. <laughs> no. That's why we all watched it last night and then tonight. That, that should have been my first Oh, yeah, because Sterling was like, I can watch it like in increments. And yeah. he was like, what? Probably so confused by that. <laughs> yeah, because he was oh, like, watching it. Because, you know, I could watch it in increments. And I was like, okay, that's what. And I started to say, and I started to say, yeah, that's what I did. I watched half of it, you know, Tuesday and then watched the other half tonight. I started to say that. And then y'all would have been like, uh, Jastin, you fucked up right then and there. But I didn't. I was like, why did he word it that this, way? This realization in real time is just the best. This I also I made a face that I'm interested in seeing. I made a face that I'm sure was hilarious. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. You said. I watched Killers, and I was like, you wait, you, I don't even remember what I said, and I just looked up, and you had this, like. <laughs> no, I didn't see it. I missed it. I was like. <laughs> the... <laughs> oh, no. And I'm just sitting here laughing at that point, and Heather's just trying to talk and give her, you know, spoiler-free thoughts on the movie Silent <laughs> Night. <laughs> it just stops, because she's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I'm so confused. Oh no, this is great. Oh my gosh. And I love it's the really fact funny. that we got half an hour in before Justin's like, I watched the wrong movie. So did you actually just realize it when he was like, we're going to talk about Silent Night? That's when you realized it. Like- it all came back like a Saw movie. I was like, oh, that's why he said that shit earlier. That's why he said, what are you talking about? I was like, it's long, so you better have something. You should have something to say. This three and a half hour movie. Oh, that's why he's like, like, why is it going to be long? Yeah, what he said. And he said, nobody said anything. And I went, what the fuck is he talking about? It was hella dialogue. It was nothing but dialogue. <laughs> this movie is 99% I thought he was talking. I thought... But but I thought that oh was you being facetious, like <laughs> no, like kind of like one of those things, like 
there was a lot of talking, but nobody said shit. You know, I thought you were being oh, like no. sterling facetious. No, man. I was talking <laughs> so about I didn't word, like nine words are said in the whole fucking movie. <laughs> oh, no. This is so funny. Like I was I was literally talking about what? a movie whose script is just action directions. When you said that you had like the soft flashbacks in my head, I'm picturing like the Saw theme song as in your head, you realize you've watched the wrong movie. <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh so if funny. I had, if it hadn't clicked, like if you, like if I did something where I didn't say the name of the movie and I was just like, here's my spoiler free thoughts. And I hadn't said what movie we were doing. And I was just like, on to you, Heather. And you're like, would you have just been completely irate that I was like, Flowers of the Killer Moon or Killers of the Flower Moon isn't even worth me saying anything to. Yes. <laughs> yes. Aren't you glad you we didn't start that, with you, Justin? I know. And what if you had started with me? That's what I feared because I would have went into, well, you know, Leo DiCaprio, y'all would have been like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, I like Joel Kitterman, but I don't think he's Leo. <laughs> Wow, that's funny. I mean, you know what? It wouldn't be the first time we did a podcast episode where someone just was on it and didn't watch the movie. I mean, do you just want to sit? <laughs> do you just want to sit and listen to us talk about it, Justin? Yeah. All right. Oh my god. That was just that was great. You can give us your thoughts on the trailer for the movie if you've seen. Yeah, that. put it on mute. I and have watch the that. Trailer. I have seen. Cool. That I have you, seen. You've seen the movie. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You saw it. Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. This is great. Yeah. This is comedy gold, guys. Because I can't remember like, uh, a damn thing that happens in the trailer or in the movie that did not happen in the trailer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do our best to make you um, not want to watch this movie, most likely. <laughs> but they say a John Woo does it again. Yeah. Uh <laughs> What was that other movie he did? In the Pay, trailer, uh, was it was it Paycheck? Yeah. No, that what's that one he did with uh Yeah, Paycheck. Wasn't that the Ben Affleck one about reverse engineering shit? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did that again. Oh shit. Surely uh, it's not that bad. He, I'm intrigued. He did a Mission Impossible 2 again. Oh no. You know what he did not mm. do? Any of his good movies again. So, Heather, go ahead and finish your spoiler-free thoughts then. That's fine. I don't even know what I was saying. But what I guess what I will say now is that I feel like it's one of those movies where it is going to be interesting what we say because, like, we're going to be talking so much about a movie that has no dialogue from any character. Uh, spoiler alert. Sorry, guys, it's a little early, but anyways. Um, yeah. So it's, and the thing with it is my, my whole conflict with this is I just, I don't like hate this movie. I don't think it's like the absolute garbage fest movie of the year or anything like that. I do, but, (laughs) but I also don't, like it because i mean there's just the fact it's it's the definition of a movie that has potential to be so much better than it is and just because they made certain choices to have no dialogue they just you know you, you, there's only so much you could do with that 
Like, I mean, I know we saw that movie, uh, no one will save you or no one, no one can save you movie where there was not really dialogue there either, you know, but that creative choice worked better for some reason than it does here. And I don't know why that is. I think it's just the writing of the movie in general is probably why that worked better in the other one. I can tell you right now why it worked better. Hmm. Uh, Tension and interesting choices with what they were doing. And that's fair. Yeah, that's that sounds accurate. Yeah, like, there's stuff in that movie you haven't seen before. Yeah, there is yeah. not a damn thing in Silent Night that you haven't seen in eight other movies this year. Yeah, outside of <laughs> Joel Kinnerman. He's right. only been in one other movie this year that I know of. Outside of that, uh, Sympathy for the Devil with Nicolas Cage. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Outside of that. Every other thing in this movie you've seen so many times. Well, and I think that's the problem, too, is like it doesn't really culminate to anything either. Like there's no big aha moment in this movie. You know what I mean? There's just there's nothing like. I don't know. I I feel like it's a movie that did a bunch of things that didn't warrant them being done. (laughs) I guess is kind of what I feel like in this movie. Um, Joel Kinnaman is not the problem with this movie. I mean, he did honestly the absolute best he could probably do, given what the script was like. And, and you know, I mean, his, you know, he does a lot of, you know, facial acting because it's all you can do in this movie about a man who can't talk. Um, and then honestly, uh, Kid Cuddy, that's how you say it, right? Yeah, he honestly wasn't bad either, but also not much to go off of as far as dialogue. You know what I mean? But it's, I mean, I think their performances, if they had had a script that allowed for it, these could have been really solid performances, you know, like Joel Kinnaman was, I mean, he was definitely the best thing about this movie. I'll give him that. Like he was the best thing about it, which is good because he's the main character, you know? And like, there's a compelling, I guess, somewhat compelling story there about, you know, family tragedy and all of that. But you just feel like it's not realized the best way that it could be for what this movie is about. Um, You know, and I think like, I mean, yeah, sure. There's a lot of action, things like that. But I don't know. I, I just feel like nothing, especially the ending, doesn't feel earned in this movie. And yeah, so it just kind of feels like, I don't know. It, it, the The tone of this movie is a lot also darker than I expected. Like I, I remembered very little about the trailer, but it's just the tone of it is very like dark because of what it's about. But I think that the darkness and the revenge aspect of this movie don't really match. And so I don't know. There's just something a little bit off about just the execution of the film in general, you know, again, I, it's not the worst film I've seen this year, but it's just definitely probably has to be one of the most forgettable, like action films that I've seen. It's just very not memorable in any sort of way, which is, you know, it's unfortunate because there was potential with some of the performances, but it's just not, 
It's not something to write home about. So just a question. I'm just going to be inquisitive bystander at this point. Oh, I've got, I a, I've got a quiz for you later, Jason. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so when you say no dialogue, so that means so everybody in this, so every character in this, Correct. there is absolutely um, no speaking. There is, uh, is there text? Is there, there is anything text. like that? A few people text each other. Oh. Like text okay. each other, like on a phone, but you see it on the, the screen. Um, there's some background dialogue, you know? Okay. Like, but it's so inaudible, yeah. kind of, like, yeah, kind of, kind of you, like, like indistinct. Yes. Yeah. And you hear, you can hear some of the words, you know, um, like there's a scene where he's like having surgery and they're like scalpel, you know, but it's yeah. not mm. like a character talking to the camera or talking to another, you know what I mean? Right. It is background gotcha. conversation. There's a scene towards the end of the movie where no voiceover narration, no, nothing like no, that. No, there's a point Shit. later in the movie where, um, you know, a lot of stuff's going down, like a lot of gang violence, or as the uh, movie says, nine billion times, a gang war is happening. Um, and you hear the police talking on the radio, you know, like he's listening to the police radio while it's happening. So you hear that. But, you know, but it's not a character talking to each other. You know what I mean? That's. Yeah. I think you hear okay. uh, Kid Cuddy says maybe like, thank you, detective or something like that one time. And then maybe the wife in the movie says like maybe one or two things, but very quietly to yeah. where you feel like she's just not really talking. Like she say, like at one point. Yeah. She's I think she's saying it's OK. It's OK. You know, but that's it. Like, there, uh, like it really is a handful of lines of dialogue in this movie. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to get a sense of Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. That's fair. Yeah. Not even a person, like, internal dialogue or, like, a person talking to themselves. You know, like, in movies, you'll see, like, oh, what's going on here? And they're, like, kind of talking to themselves. There's not even that. That's not even happening. So, yeah. Damn. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and it it's just one of those things that unlike uh no one will save you, it doesn't feel like a creative choice. It feels like a crutch this movie put on itself to make up for the fact that it wasn't doing or saying anything interesting. You know. That's um, a valid take. I yeah. mean we we can go ahead and do this part right now, Justin. Uh, you know, uh, how many like movies where it's like the revenge movie where the guy's getting revenge for something that happened to his family? Uh, have you seen where, you know, at the end of the movie, the guy's, you know, taking damage and he starts having a flashback to the, the family member that died and starts even dreaming of the future that that person would have had if they had lived. Too many to name. <laughs> You would have just seen it again. How many times have you seen just normal ass fuck guy who trained in his garage take mortal damage at least eight different times at the end of the movie still kill like 27 people? Yeah. Hella movies. It's that Hella shit. Hella movies. Okay. How Got many? It. 
How many movies in the 90s did you just hear cops yelling, it's a gang war, it's a gang war? <laughs> like all of them. <laughs> this, the, the, yeah. I'm not even exaggerating. They literally are just screaming, it's a gang war on their radio. Like that's what cops do over the city is they just start yelling a gang war is happening. Yeah. It's a weird, like, if you were to just to kind of describe sort of the, like what they wanted the plot to be of this movie, there were elements of it and go with me on this, but like there were elements of the movie where if you didn't see the movie and you're just thinking about the story and things that happen in it, it's a little bit of a cross of like a John wick meets face off a little bit and it sounds like it would be much more interesting than the movie actually is you're describing potentially one of the greatest (laughs) movies of all time this is what i'm saying like because if you think about some of the elements of this movie in this movie well i think it's the so it's the whole thing about the uh lost kid yeah the lost kid yeah yeah but also the you know what I'm saying? Like, I realized something in this movie with John Woo. When he has a character who's lost a child, one of that character's defining traits for the rest of the movie is that anytime you see them interact with a child for the rest of the movie, they touch their face. Yeah. He's yeah. very big on people who lost kids touching other kids' faces. Because mm-hmm. that's all yeah. throughout Face Off. Yeah. And that happens a couple of times in this movie. And it's just weird. Yeah. I don't like how that. much face touching do you would you say you actually do? Like in life. How many people face touch you? Very little. <laughs> Not like you're touching like, your own face, but other people touching your face. But like that whole face touching it's like the Typically know. that happens when I'm Who doing sexy things. Outside of that, I don't touch people's faces. <laughs> yeah, like, would you touch a kid's face? I mean, like, you even know, if you cared about it, would you do that? Like, like maybe if you're messing around with them or something. I, I, I feel like maybe you do that messing around, but like the whole, you know, I don't know. The, the affectionate face touch of a that? child, I have never done in my life. I have never gone. Especially with a, Hello, a stranger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, who does that? And wouldn't the child just go, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I don't know. I just feel I like. See, I did that happened. to, like, my little brothers when they were, like, a baby. Be like, got your face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. Or, like, a little, like, when, like you're, like, playing with, like, my little brothers. Like, you know, like, you, you're playing slaps. You know? But I'm talking about yeah. if you ever touch somebody's face like that. Okay. And somehow but it's, not even, it's this sentimental connection. It's not like, even that. It's like it's they the freeze, you freeze. And it's <laughs> on the child's face. <laughs> it's not even like the caress on the cheek. It's the down the face. Yeah. Which is more like a swipe or something. Like, I a, can't believe you're real type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Are you real? Like, that's like doing the whole like Ray Charles thing. Like, yeah, are you there? Like, that just feels strange. Yeah. I, I just feel like yeah. I've always thought that was strange. I have never, ever <laughs> face touched anybody like that, ever. Just that one hand face touch. It just feels like it would be seen as corny or 
creepy. I just feel like I would be told I watch too many movies. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I the only yeah. time I touch another person's face is for intimate reasons. Yeah. You know? And, and even then, is it that, is it I'm, that I'm not single, doing that. I'm not, know, I'm not doing the, that. I'm not doing the face is it waterfall. Side, is it that side cheek boom? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, are you doing that? Are you side cheek booming? Like, you know, it's, it's the cup around the back of the head, like, but like thumb on the cheek. Yeah. Yeah. That. Okay. The face yeah. cup. Okay. But not face the face waterfall. Yeah. I ain't doing yeah, a face. What you call it, Justin? A side, a side what? A cheek boom. A side cheek yeah. boom? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cheek boom. You know, you come out, boom, you know? Yeah. I yeah, get yeah. yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it fits. Side <laughs> cheek and then boom, you come off. Of, yeah. You know? But I mean, and I guess maybe that's, it's like elements like that, that just gave me a little bit of the face off vibes. And then just the whole, you know, the anger journey that the the dad is on. The problem is though, is it has none of the charisma that face off has. No, not at all. That's what I'm saying. In concept, this movie sounds like it'd be awesome. Yeah. Face off. Right. While I like the movie, I don't, I think it's inferior to face off is broken arrow. This doesn't even have the energy or charisma of Broken Arrow. Damn. This movie has no energy to it. It is if you took John Wick and Nobody, two of the best examples of this type of revenge movie in recent memory, and you took both of those movies and you combined them together and you took every single element of those movies that was interesting and good. And you took it out. And instead of making your movie those things, you made your movie with what was left. Hmm. So even though I haven't seen it, I just by what y'all have said, it's like, it feels like maybe the the strategy was, okay, yeah, we're going to have those action set pieces. We're going to have this revenge tale. And if I don't have any dialogue, if I don't have any of that, that'll make it feel interesting, fresh and new. But that concept alone wouldn't make something feel fresh and interesting. It would all have to be about execution and what you do with that concept. You can't just have it and go, this is what we're doing. It feels like it was kind of like, man, I can have this. It'll feel fresh and I don't have to do dialogue. Sign me up. You know, that's what it sounds like, but it just sounds like just from what y'all are saying, that was part of the hook of this. And it's called Silent Night. So it feels like it was a big emphasis on, oh, man, there's hardly going to be any dialogue. So it's just going to be a pure adrenaline action film. And it just sounds like it kind of crashed and burned. It's trying to take a shortcut. So much and of pawn this it movie, off as a feature. You know what I mean? So yeah. much of this movie is just set up for the end. So it's not even like an adrenaline fueled action packed ride. Yeah. It is a movie that just idles, no, like pet foot, not even on the gas, just put in drive and just idles. Yeah. Until the last 20 minutes of the movie. And then they go, Oh yeah, we have a gas pedal. And then, even then they go, let's go responsible 20 miles an hour. Dang, it didn't even and speed they also, up at the end. <laughs> and I also get what you mean about like the like the charisma of the other movies because 
like even in this one, our villain is like the most generic villain that you can think of for this type of movie. You uh, know, I could describe him very easily, Justin. Do you remember just any of the generic Mexican people that Rambo killed in Rambo five or whatever we watched? Oh my God. Yes. That. So it's that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I know exactly yeah. how he is. See, <laughs> the thing is like, and the thing is that makes like, like face off so special to me is you even have the, the villain caster. Troy has one of the cringiest lines that he delivers all the time when he's like, I want to suck your tongue. That's a cringy line, but fuck does it work in that movie when he says it? Cause that character is just oozing magnetism. And honestly, either one of them, either Nicholas Cage or John Travolta saying it would have worked. Yes. If I'm being honest. Yeah. And that's the thing. This movie has, since it has no dialogue, it doesn't even have that. It doesn't even have him like at the end, like kind of croaking out a Merry Christmas asshole. Like, you know what I mean? It's like something. This movie is set up to have a cheesy, great one line at the end. Because your character can't speak. Spoiler alert. I mean, it's not a spoiler alert. It's part of the conceit of the movie. At the beginning of the movie, when main character's son dies, he also gets shot in the throat and it damages his vocal cords. So he cannot talk. So that's why it would have been kind of cool at the end of the movie. If he's like, Merry Christmas, motherfucker, and like croaks it out when he shoots the bad guy. Come on. That'd be a that triumph of the human it up a spirit. Notch. Yeah. Yeah, that'd have been tight. Just hearing it, that, that sounds like that would be cool. Yeah. And like, that's the thing is it would have been better to me if this movie, if everybody just fucking talked but him. Show him more in isolation because I think that that's part of the theme of the movie is that they want to be like, oh, look, he's isolated. He can't talk all this other shit, you know, but nobody does. Yeah, even in like flashbacks, you know, yes. there's no it's just laughing and playing and stuff, but it's no words. That motherfucker doesn't even remember saying words. Come on, you can't <laughs> tell me if you lost your vocal cord, you wouldn't just think about all the times you used to be able to talk. Come on. Especially if it's also That's when your true. kid died from gang violence. You can't tell me you wouldn't just be remembering the last words you said to your kid. You wouldn't be thinking about those. Come on. No, because he was busy taking thinking about the future of his kid who yeah. was already dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on that note. We need to just get on to recommendations and scores and then spoilers because yeah. we're just fucking talking at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recommendations and score. Fuck no, I don't recommend this movie. I give it a six. Heather, you. <laughs> this one, yeah, this is the very different format than normal. But yeah, um, I don't really have a reason to recommend it. Um. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I'm going to get judgment from Sterling for my score, though. But is it higher <laughs> than a six? Yes. Too fucking high. <laughs> I'll, I'll just do um, it before you give it. Okay. Yes. 
Um, it's it's kind of a wasted potential of what could have been a pretty good movie. But the and I think the reason for it is like I don't hate it, but I also don't feel anything towards it, you know, and that's the problem. It's a very it didn't give me any and even though it has moments that are supposed to be sad and all those things like it didn't give me those feelings of that. Um, So it just it just kind of left me feeling indifferent and nothing towards it. And I feel like I know Sterling before has been like, that makes it worse. (laughs) But I mean, I guess for me, like, I don't I don't think it's a six bad, but it's uh, (laughs) but I don't really give it a passing score because it's just it's it. I don't know. I I feel bad because I think that Joel Kinnaman could have done something really good with this role if he had dialogue or something else going on with it. Um, and even Kid Cudi, I, I would do I would watch a team up movie of the two of them. They were fine. They had I mean, I guess if there was any f- some form of character chemistry, I mean, I guess they had the most like they are I don't on know. screen together for about 45 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, and, and that's fair. But the moments that they had, you're just like, OK. I could see this. This could have this could have been good, you know, if they had more time together or like, yeah, we'll get into their connection and stuff. But like just things that they could have done there to make that storyline so much better. It's just they don't give they only give you pieces of a story to care about. So you don't really feel an attachment to any of the characters that you are very clearly supposed to care about in this movie. Um, So, no, I don't really recommend it. Um there's definitely better versions of this. So um, I'm going to give it 45 of, <laughs> you know what? Actually, I'll give it 40, 40, 40 uh, <laughs> criminals just left on your doorstep out of 100. Cinescore is a wickedly high 23. <laughs> wickedly high <laughs> oh no mind-bogglingly high 23 spoilers yeah yes spoilers Justin, this is where you're gonna shine buddy hey Justin, you remember nobody when the rizza shows up at the end and it's fantastic yes yeah think about the opposite of that book kid cutty okay <laughs> That's Kid Cudi at the end of this movie. And it's not Kid Cudi's fault. It's not his fault. It's the movie's fault. Like, that's the thing is, like I said, that's not even a new thing. The, 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 the main guy teaming up with the musician turned actor at the end of the movie is not even new with this movie. Like, it's not even, we saw it literally in nobody when the RZA shows up at the end. You also had the benefit of Christopher Lloyd also. And, you know, everything being good and funny also. Like, this movie didn't do that. Like, yeah. It, and it's one of those things. Let me describe to you, Justin, real quick what, what uh, Kid Cudi's role in this movie is. He's a, he's a gang detective. You know, he's a detective that fights gangs. And uh, Okay. So how many movies have you seen where the guy's, you know, going for vengeance and there's a cop that's also, you know, there... And while the cop should be against it, he just ends up siding with the guy that's committing crimes and doing a vengeance. 
Oh my God. Is there anything in this that doesn't happen in a billion movies? Yeah. No dialogue. Oh That's about God. it. <laughs> See, I'm back to that whole thing. Yeah, we're going to have no dialogue and that's going to make it awesome. I can just do all the same shit, but have no dialogue and it's going to be tight. Like, it feels like it was a shortcut in this case. Like It that, was. It, it was a crutch. Yeah. That just it being should not coined have, as this cool element, but yeah. it's... The, it, the thing is, it's a, it's a defective crutch. It's a crutch that you should not be putting your weight on, and it is. Because your ass is going to fall. Yeah. Like I said, no one will save you as interesting things happen. There's mystery. There's suspense. There's tension. There's interesting visuals. There's, you know, even within the mystery, there's multiple mysteries like, oh, that's that alien, but that's a different type of alien. But this alien can do this. There's so many elements to it. There's none of that in this movie. It's just everything that the movie shows you is uninspired, unoriginal, been there, done that in better movies, been there, done that in better John Woo movies. I I got nothing from this movie. Like I felt hollow after watching this movie because it was just a waste of an experience. It was a waste of potentially good ideas. I kind of see what you said, Heather. There is potential in this movie. John Woo can make a good movie. Joel Kinnerman is a good actor and can do some action shit. Kid Cuddy, I've seen him do... He did better acting in the third Bill and Ted movie than he did in this. And it's not his fault. You know? Yeah. Agree. So, like, I know Kid Cudi has better potential. As much as I was not a huge fan of the movie X, you know, both of you liked it more than me. I didn't think it was terrible, but I, I just didn't like it as much as you guys. He's better in that than this. Yeah. He's honestly very good in that. Yeah. yeah. There is, he has the potential. They just went, we're not going to use a damn thing of it. I'm just sitting here wondering why the fuck you cast him and Joel Kinnerman in this movie to have them do nothing. I mean, yeah, Joel Kinnerman true. is at least giving you grade A facial acting. Yeah, that's true. But he unfortunately, is. his facial acting goes from really sad guy to really angry guy. And that is it. Yeah. And then in the and occasionally really focused guy. Yeah. But yeah. You know, it's yeah. So in the present, it's focused, angry or sad. In the flashbacks, it's happy. I miss my kid. And that's it. There's no nuance to anything. Like you don't see him possibly like in the middle of it. You don't really ever get that point of like, maybe he's like, I'm going down the wrong path, you know, where he has that dilemma on his face or anything. No, he kills somebody, throws up and goes, yeah, boy, I'm going to go kill 40 people. <laughs> I mean, and you make a good point because, like, and I haven't seen Joel Kinnaman in as much stuff probably as you have. Um, but what I have seen him in, he's good, you know? He and, is better in the remake of RoboCop than this movie. Yeah. What? Oh, man. <laughs> 
yeah. man. Um, but like, wow. yeah, but and then like Kid Cudi too, like even in that uh episode that he's in of Brooklyn Nine Nine, right, where he's like this just really funny like criminal guy, he's got a lot of charm to him. You know what I mean? Like he can do so much more than what they gave him in this silent film. <laughs> but they you know, it's, at least it's teamed sad. up throughout the movie. Like and like their their action or their energy together. I know they weren't on screen very much, but like I could see the potential of like they could be in a movie where they're partners and they team up and they would be a good combination. You know, it could have been good in this movie. Kid Cudi could have been talking, and Joel Kinnerman could have yeah. been sitting there silent nighting, and it would have worked. I do think that the biggest flaw in this movie is the stupid. And terrible decision to just go, we're not talking for this whole movie. I think it would yeah. have been more interesting if you showed this man's isolation for being the only fucking person that can't talk. And he lost his voice the same day he lost his son for the same reason. You know, that's an interesting movie. That's some interesting motivations. You know, you could have had the gang cock talking to him and been like, look, we're, you know, giving him updates on the case and being like, yeah, look, we know who did it. We're trying to figure out this. We're trying to do this, blah, 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 all of those things. And just have him see the look on Joel Kinnerman's face of just that anger and that focus of like, nothing you're saying is good enough because you won't get the justice I can get. And then I would have bought at the end of the movie, whenever they're climbing up the gang tower, like some fucking F rate fucking raid movie. Also, yes, that's the end of this movie is they climb up the villain's tower to get to the villain. All the, the raid oh, and God. dread. There's a villain tower. There's a oh villain tower. God. Complete oh with sub boss too. He fights the sub boss before he gets to the main boss. Wow. Also complete okay. with one of the characters, the bad guy dancing with his girlfriend after giving her heroin, you know, kind of like dread with the whole, uh, the slow-mo. Yeah, that mm-hmm. shit, you know, the drug use at the end of the villain tower. Like I said, just like the movie Dread. Damn. This movie is not <laughs> original in the slightest. Jason, what is that movie that like you apparently saw that you really liked that everyone gives you a bunch of crap for? That is Maria Full of Grace. Maria Full of Grace. Our girl from Maria Full of Grace is the wife in this movie. Just FYI. Just another I thought it was that movie. This movie. Yeah. FYI. Really? I, I thought that was the movie, but I was like, maybe I'm mixing up with a different movie, but I wanted to make sure that was it first. Yeah. Maria was in this movie? Yeah. She was. The, and the thing is, she was, her facial acting was good too, but what do you have to go off of? Her texting angrily oh, yeah. and annoyed. Is, grade, grade A texter. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So it, was it uh Cataline or is it uh Catalina Sandino Catalina Sandino Moreno? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. CSM. So she was in it. Okay. What does she look like now? She'd probably be much older. Yeah, I mean she looked all right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I haven't actually seen uh, Marie Full of Grace, so I don't know in comparison with that. But <laughs> I purged that memory, that movie from my fucking head like <laughs> six minutes after we watched it. 
It's the bomb.com, dog. I don't know about all that. But, yeah, it's... You know, like I was saying, though, like that's the problem with this movie is that, like I said, there's not a single original like idea throughout any of it, even with it accidentally falling into the trap of no one will save you came out a few months ago. You know, like there's just nothing about this movie that ultimately ends up being interesting. This movie, even its advertisements and its goal and its marketing is just to make you think it's ripping off Nobody or John Wick. It wants to give you those feelings. It wants to give you that energy. It wants to give you that, that mindset without putting in an ounce of effort to do anything remotely close to as well as any of those other movies did. I would rather watch Taken 8 than this. Damn, man. He done brought up those Taken sequels. Okay, one quick question about it, though. So, obviously, the plot, everything else that you're telling me, certain characters, we got a villain tower, with a, complete with sub-boss and all that stuff. How was the action in this film? Did this guy fight a certain way that was appealing? Did, did Was it a lot of weaponry stuff? Was, it, was there any interesting or kind of creative fight sequences nothing not even that was on point not 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 for 2023 i don't think it's creative enough okay you've had so we've just seen far too much better stuff this would have been creative as fuck in 2012 what i think is kind of funny at least what i took from it is like there's a couple of scenes in here like or, you know, the the fight training montages that they do those. I mean, I just feel like those had the same amount of action and energy as the actual fight scenes in this one. You know what I mean? You you know, that fighting dummy that looks just like a man's torso, like it's a man's face and arms and like torso and chest and shit or not. Yeah. arms, It's like the shoulders, you know? Yeah, that's what he trains on. He just punches and stabs one of those things over and over again. Wow. I mean, and it was cool to see like him, you know, training and learning all the stuff. But like, for whatever reason, parts of that captivated me more than the actual like action scenes with the the people. You know what I mean? And like, and I think another thing, too, that reminds me of the movie Face Off with this is the villain and his like layer that he lives in or whatever just is kind of reminiscent of like the bad guys in, in face off or uh, caster Troy's, you know, where all his people are hanging out and they do the shootout. Oh yeah. Cause, there. Cause it's the gigantic layer where it's like one floor yeah. and it's just one gigantic room. And yeah. there's just weirdly like that movement lighting, like it's a fucking EDM club, like just putting yeah. patterns all over the wall and shit. That's the yeah. problem is, you know, I love you, John Woo. I've got a lot of happy memories with you, but, uh, yeah, bro, you're stuck in 1998. Like aesthetically everything. There's nothing about this movie that felt modern to me. And there's just been too many modern movies that do this formula better now. 
like John Woo, I'll give him credit. He was kind of the pioneer for some of this shit. Uh, him and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Chow Young Fat. Definitely Chow Young Fat. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. What's that movie they did? Uh, oh, Killers. Well, there's that. Killer? Um, Hard Boiled, something like that. Oh yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, classics. You know, and it's just. It's the problem he has whenever he does like, like that he developed to doing American movies. Uh, it just, you know, ends up feeling like that. It feels like just ripoffs of shit. He did. Yeah. Hard boiled. I was right. Uh, it just does not feel anything close to any of that other stuff. I mean, I, I kind of want to go and check yeah. out some of his movies that he did. Uh, you know, not in the United States, just to see if maybe yeah. those, the more recent ones of those he did were good, you know? Oh yeah. I'm looking at these, man, the killer. That's a great movie. Yeah, that was great. Need to see that again. It's been too long since I've seen that. I mean, how old is that movie? 1989. Oh, fuck okay. me. So, yeah, still wow. just older stuff. Yeah, it's almost like he just doesn't really have anything new to say, but still was like, yeah, let me let people remember that I make movies. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. And he leaned too much on this nobody's going to talk element. It, it feels like he just put all of his eggs in that nobody's going to talk basket. And that's what's going to make it unique. Yeah. I can just do my same kind of action movie, Mm -hmm. but this element will make it unique and fresh. And I mess around with that a little bit and you know, it's just another day at the office and we can make some money, but it just sounds like he wasn't really inspired. It just sounds like he kind of had an idea and he was like, Ooh, I could have them not talking Mm -hmm. and it's going to be tied. And it just wasn't. It's, it's like, yeah, it's like he wanted, he wanted that aspect to be the personality of this movie well, yeah. something Great like no one will save you. That wasn't the personality of the movie. It was just a choice that worked well because of how they did everything else in the movie. You know, like it, it didn't feel like it was just trying to make the personality of it like, oh, nobody's going to talk. People are going to love that. It was more like, oh, it's interesting that you made that choice with this type of movie. We've never seen that before. But with this, yeah, it just felt like he specifically wanted that to be what the personality of this movie was. Yeah. He, that's what he wanted. He wanted that to be the hook, but it's not a hook. Like it ends up being more like a, just a ball. Like if you know, like when you're trying to go fishing, you want a hook to catch them. And instead you just like tied a ball to the end of some string. And like, (laughs) I don't know why I'm not getting any fish. Like, you know, it's just, yeah. Or like do some more artistic shit with it. Like, okay. You remind me. It's just not enough. Like if, you know, like if the people are silent and stuff, okay, cool. But you could have some shit happen. Like maybe you do something with colors or something kind of like Spider-Man did, you know, uh, the Spider-Verse did or something. Like maybe you could do something with the colors to convey different emotions or something. Or maybe like he's, trying to get information out of somebody and they're smoking. And when they, you know, blow the smoke out of their mouth, 
a word forms that says, I'll never tell you anything or something, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe if it was more like artistic and shit, uh, you know, with the silence, not just, yeah, no, nobody's going to talk. Like there, you know, there, I, you did remind me there's one interesting shot in this movie. And that is when he's fighting the sub boss, you know, just, you know, the big hulking enforcer that all these movies have. He's fighting that guy. Of course. And at one point, like the guy's got him and he like drops down and just shoots the gun straight up and it goes to the top of that guy's head. That was a cool shot. I'll give him that. That was a cool shot. But you know, I mean, one cool headshot in a fucking movie. Like I, one cool headshot is, does not make a good movie. You know what I mean? Like that's, you know, that's, it's, it's that weird thing. It's, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind of like Mortal Kombat four to me where it has all the elements of the Mortal Kombat mo- games and all this other stuff. It's got the violence. It's got the gore. It's got the characters, you know, and love. And, uh, you know, the game just sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It's that Good analogy. It's, it's, it's just everything you've seen, you know, you know, these people, you've seen these people, you know, it's got John Woo. It's got this. It's got this hook. It's got these, you know, it's got all the gun shit you like at the end of a movie. But, you know, it's got him just like, like literally a third of the movie is just training montage. Because he's not saying anything. So it becomes and feels like a montage and it never stops. This movie is like an hour and 46 minutes long. And no less than 30 minutes is just a gigantic montage. And of course, everything he trains to do is exactly what he does later in the movie. Like he's training to drive. And, you know, at one point he like trains to where he can like spin the car and stop it before it hitting these two cones, like with the side, like, so he won't sideswipe it. Right. So he's like spinning and the cones are here. And like stops right before he hits the cones, right? So of course he does that exact maneuver later in the movie. Yeah, you had to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm going to do this takedown and stab a guy in the throat. So of course later in the movie, takedown, stab a guy in the throat. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it, it's literally just one for one. Everything he trains to do is what he does. You know, there's a scene where he puts a tripwire up with some explosives. And you think, oh, man, he's going to trick somebody with this. Nah, just some guys run up the stairs and hit it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just, you know what I mean? Literally just exactly what, you know, the most basic thing that could happen with a tripwire explosive is exactly yeah. what happens. You know, he doesn't even like try to trick them into like luring to them to come that way. No, that's just the way they were running anyway. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> It's weird, too, because I just and something I kind of said earlier, too, was nothing really feels earned in this because you also think about the fact that, um, you know, Kid Cudi's supposed to be this, you know, gang detective or whatever he is. And you see, like, at one point, Joel Kinnaman's character sends him one of the criminals to his doorstep and just basically says, here, arrest him and then has like a file or something that he's given him. Where he says, it's a confession. 
Yeah. Or yeah, where like yeah. it's like where where are the drugs? They're here. Where's this? Where right. are they here? Also, the guy's handwriting is so illegible, it's not words. So the confession <laughs> is useless. But two, the problem with movies like this and just the, the basic understanding of everything, that man's written confession and delivery constitutes torture, a forced confession, no Miranda rights, and kidnapping. Therefore, none of that confession is valid and they can't arrest nope. the guy. Nope. Yeah. But doesn't he say something too about like, this is what you should have done. And it's like, we don't even get that backstory of like why you're saying that to this guy either. Yeah, you know? Because they don't meet in the movie. Because the only time Kid Cudi and him meet earlier in the movie is when the guy's in the hospital post-surgery and unconscious. And Kid Cudi's character comes like he's going to talk to him and goes, oh, he's sleeping. I'll let him rest business card on the table and walks away. Yep. Yeah. But so yeah. it feels like what, what is that? Like, why was that a necessary thing to say? Like, why do we care about that story when we didn't get anything about that story? You know, but then you also don't ever see Kid Cudi detecting anything. You see him <gasps> just in the police office. And then he shows up and then and he starts shooting, sitting in a police car. <laughs> yeah. Again, not Kid Cudi's fault. <laughs> Detects nothing. And then he just shows up and starts committing crimes next to Joel Kinnerman. <laughs> I get that these are violent criminals that killed a child. But also, you know, we do live in a society where it is still not okay to just run around and murder people you assume are criminals. I and mean, it was almost like at one point he was happy to do it too. Like there oh, was yeah. the understood like nod, you know, yeah. but then there was like the, oh yeah, we're about to just go off right like, now. Cause they, they do the obligatory thing where Joel Kinnerman just got done killing some people and Kid Cudi walks around the corner having his gun drawn on him and they just look at each other and then Kid Cudi goes like, yeah, we's going to murder people and violate <laughs> yeah. their basic civil and human rights. Right. <laughs> Because that's what we's about here in the LPPD. I don't. I don't even know where the fuck it was. It's somewhere in Texas, and they're the LPPD. I don't know what the fuck city that's fucking referring to, but they're somewhere. You LP, know, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's yeah, the LPPD somewhere in Texas. But you know, they're just like, hey, let's do some murder. Let's murder these criminals. Let's you know, wow. let's go out Batman some Batman. And also, did you feel like the the scene with the the girl that was shooting them like went on for way longer than it needed to? They let this bitch just walk in the room and start shooting them. Not at them. No, no, no. Them. Just start shooting them. <laughs> and, and you then, know, it's supposed to be one of those like, oh, I don't want to kill you, you know, kind of thing. But because they're not saying anything, it just looks like they're watching her. Right before she shoots him, like you know, the whole premise is that Joel Kinnerman feels bad for her because she's a junkie, because she's got heroin track marks. That she's being abused, also. She is shooting at you. I'm, I'm sorry. Correction. She is shooting you. She hit both of them. Kind of laughed about it too, didn't she? Yeah, and then also tells you quickest reloader in the history of ever. This woman puts Navy SEALs to shame with how quickly she can reload a weapon. 
they let her go through like three magazines before they seriously attempt to do anything to her. It's ridiculous. I don't even remember what he did to kill the bad guy. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm trying to think of how did he kill the big bad at the end of this movie? I can't tell you. Didn't I'm, Kid Cudi kill him? Was it? I, I think because he, he, I think uh, Joel Kinnaman shot him and then he was about to shoot him for like the fifth time or however many times he shot him. No. And then he came in behind him. Right? You reminded me. Joel Kinnerman choked him. Oh, you're right. I, maybe Kinnerman I'm thinking of the girl that they killed. And yeah. then stopped. It was yeah. like, he was like going to let him live. So this man just murdered 35 yeah. Of the lower gang members. But no, I'm not going to kill the guy that literally is directly responsible for killing my son and shooting me in the throat. I'm going to let him get arrested. That's right. But then that guy, of course, has a gun or a knife or something. And then Kid Cudi shoots him. And then Joel Kinnerman just lies down and starts reminiscing about the future. Like Heather said, like he sits there and goes flashbacks of the future. My kid graduating. My kid having children. And then Kid Cudi just comes up next to him and lies down next to him like these long lost lifetime buddies. Yeah, that part was. And they died together. And he was happy to do it. Kid Cudi had a smile while he was laying down there, too. He was like, well done. He lies down like like, he just goes, we just solved gun gang violence in this country. I can die now. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! This sounds awful. <laughs> this sounds terrible. It it's it it no goddamn sense. And like Heather says, not a single <laughs> bit of that is earned. But also, like the part that I almost forgot is like when he's having these you know flashbacks of the future. It's in these like globes that are hanging from the yes, it's an from ornament. the guys. It's an layer. ornament. It's, things like it's in so it's like an ornament of different memories that he's yeah. seeing as he's laying here dying. Because you know Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it's a silent night, you know. So of course, yeah, that happened. It's fucking glorious, Justin. I changed my mind. I recommend the fuck out of this. I just want you to watch it. <laughs> I'm actually uh, like really I just second guessing my score now. Yeah. That ending just ruins it completely. Basically. And then, and, and then they act like they are fucking cool. Cause they play some fucking gospel like or not gospel. Some like tabernacle choir version of silent night during the credits. Cause of course they do. They can't even bust out some fucking trans Siberian orchestra. Which sounds like it would have been perfect for something like this. And they're not even getting right. they're not even getting like the Mormon tabernacle choir, like that good tabernacle. Nah, they just getting like the St. Paul, Minnesota, you know, lesser known tabernacle choir. Just the most no name motherfuckers ever. You know, and it's not even it's not even their Christmas performance. It's like the warm up two months before Christmas performance of silent night. Oh no. It's just like, I mean, like I said, they could have given me some trans Siberian orchestra, at least give me some of that silent night with some energy. There's not even like a lot of Christmas songs on the soundtrack. You know how I am with Christmas songs. They didn't have none of that, man. I don't remember. 
Yeah, I don't either. I don't recall it being specifically any sort of Christmas music, but yeah, I'm not I really would, sure. I would assume there wasn't because I think that yeah. would have made me matter. That's yeah, probably I'm pretty true. sure. I think you would have noticed if, it. If it was like or they could have like death metal versions of it, you know, those bells came right, right, jangle that, you know, something, you know. <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't like you. Know, <laughs> you're asking I mean, then, me to put more effort into watching this movie than they put into <laughs> making it. <laughs> I mean, but also like you feel also like it ends pretty abruptly too. Like after the whole, you know, let's die next to each other thing. You just see the wife and she's got like this letter from him, right? On the guy, on the kid's grave, I think. Yeah, it's like a letter or something. And it's just like, hey, you were right and deserved better. I'm sorry I couldn't be better. But don't worry. I murdered people. Merry Christmas. Something like that. Yeah. Right. And it's like they could they didn't even really give you much with their relationship. Like. They they give you a little bit of them to where you're just like, oh, I hope that they make it, you know, because there's obviously the distance between them now because of this grief and everything like that, you know, and, and you see that he's like completely ignoring her by trying to get on his revenge path. And you just feel like they're going to do something more with that. And they just kind of let you sit in it for like five minutes and then they're done with it. Like it doesn't really amount to anything either. So, yeah, again, nothing feels earned that they try to do here, you know. I mean, the first third of this movie is them, like, you know, adjusting to the new life, like child dying, he's suffering, all that stuff, marriage turmoil, right? Probably the most interesting aspect of this movie is the first third. Then they go into a third of the movie that's just montage. And then they go into about, you know, another 15% of the movie is just him getting ready to enact his plan. And then the last 50, like the last, you know, 15, you know, 18%, whatever at this, uh, is the end of the movie. So it doesn't even balance out act wise. Cause it's first act, second act, second act, part two, third act. And also something else I didn't think about is if there's anybody that should have said words in this movie, it was actually the mom of the poor kid that Joel Kinnaman was thinking was his kid. Joel Kinnaman like. just walks up to some <laughs> random kid and starts imagining his kid starts touching all over this kid's face. Mom runs up and grabs her kid. And then that's when he realizes it's not his kid with no yeah. words said. Yeah. She didn't even, even like, stay hit with him. my kid. She didn't yeah. even hit him with her purse. Nothing. Justin. She just walks up, grabs her kid and goes inside the building. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't even say, what the fuck are you doing, asshole? Nothing. You know, any yeah. of the normal shit a parent would have said. If some right. random stranger walks up to their small child and starts just waterfalling their face. <laughs> <laughs> Not a goddamn word. Wow. I, I, I do want to see this, but not because I'm anticipating anything. I just kind of want to see what happened, like how you can't look away from the car crash. I just kind of yeah. want to drive by. And but it's not even a fun this, car see. crash. Like <laughs> Prisoners of Ghost Town was a fun car wreck. 
Oh, yeah. I still have no fucking clue what I watched. But I watched it. Me neither. This, I know exactly what I watched, and I'm kind of mad I did. And it's like, you you want better, because, I mean, like you said, Joel Kinnaman is a good actor. Doesn't really choose great things to be in, from my understanding. He's very good in Altered Carbon, and he's very good in a show called The Killing. Very mm. good. And uh, Sympathy for the Devil's pretty good. I did watch that recently. Sympathy for the It's Nicholas Cage and Joel Kinnaman. I thought it was fantastic. Like, it, 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 not fantastic might be, like, a little bit unfair, but I think it was pretty good. This isn't... I'm just like, oh. I mean, Home Alone is more action-packed as a Christmas movie than this fucking movie is. <laughs> Who is Joel Kinnaman's agent? We need to have a word with them. Some asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy that apparently is married to some woman that Joel Kinnerman fucked at a party. And Joel Kinnerman <laughs> doesn't know that his agent is the husband of the the woman he fucked. He's just been screwing him over for years. Yes. It's all revenge. That sounds like a better movie than this. It does. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, Justin, do you have any final thoughts about this movie? Hell no. <laughs> Heather, what about you? I think I'm tapped out. I mean, I'll say fuck this movie again. There you go. Nice way to end it. Nice way to end it. Thank you guys for listening to this crazy episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Check us out on the internet, or not at the internet. Check us out on Facebook at Cinema Slayers Podcast. On Instagram and threads, we were at Cinema Slayers Pod, uh, or Cinema underscore Slayers. We're at Cinema Slayers Pod on TikTok and YouTube. Uh, give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Really help us out. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your family's friends, and tell your... Wait. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your family's friends, tell your friends' family. And most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers, because dear sweet mothers love... Um, I mean, I guess Joel Kinnaman. I was going to say leaving their husbands after they, you know, don't do anything. Mm, yeah. That's that what the mom well. did in this movie. Right. So I get it. That's probably the most realistic thing in this movie <laughs> was her leaving him at that point. I get it. Mothers also like people who watch the correct film. So, you know. Yeah, but honestly, Justin, that's probably the most interesting thing about this fucking episode of a shitty movie. I was going to say like this, <laughs> that whole mishap made this whole podcast more interesting than the movie itself was. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm glad. So, bad. so thanks. I'm glad <laughs> you chose to stay on and just still go down this rabbit hole with us. Cause you know, that was more fun than this, than the movie was. That's true. Like I said, you're just ultra prepared for next week. Yeah. I'm ready to go next week. Knowing you, boy. you're probably going to watch it again before we record. <laughs> he's he, he's going to watch Silent Night for next week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to Plug Me Go Mundo Cho for our theme song and logos, respectively. Remember, here at the Cinema Slayers podcast, we are pro-slut, pro-Sydney, and pro-naked. And you, yes, you, dear listener, you are knuff. 
And as I always end these podcasts, these TikToks, and these YouTube videos, remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the Best Picture winner. Now you can add, according to Justin, Silent Night is Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> according to Justin, he's insanely offended that I implied that Killers of the Flower Moon had no talking like Silent Night. <laughs> oh no, just all the miscommunication in this one. I'm tempted to st- now say that next week just to start it. <laughs> like regardless of how I actually end up feeling about the movie, because I have not seen it at all. If I was just like, spoiler free thoughts and Justin go just to fuck with you. Man, man, it, it might just work. But, man, I'll never live this down. I'm the only one that's made this mistake. <laughs> that sucks. At, at least, like, I just still think it's funny that we got into the episode before we realized that this was what was happening. Mid-talking about it, just realizing what's happening. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, I can't wait to watch the beginning of it, though. Boy, I made a face. The, the realization I had... I'm sad I missed that face because I was like mid thought and I missed it. I'm kind of bummed out about that. Because I just like just for the cinema slayers out there. This is how this goes. Justin just randomly says, stop it. And I'm literally (laughs) typing out. Stop what question mark. And then he goes, "Uh, I'm sorry. I got confused. I watched killers. Smiley face emoji. And I said, you did not watch Silent Night? Question mark, exclamation, question mark, exclamation. And he says, no, LOL. I thought we switched it. But whenever I said, you didn't watch <laughs> Silent Night, I just looked right up at Justin. He's just got the stupidest fucking smile on his face. <laughs> like he's trying to re- recreate that grin ass emoji. emoji. <laughs> and I just start laughing. And Heather's just sitting there trying to do the only oh, no. one of us three that's actually trying to do their damn job of talking about this movie because I had already omitted talking. And she was just looking like, what are they doing? (laughs) What is going on? I was like, I know it might not be that interesting when I talk about this movie, but I haven't even got into it yet, guys. Like I'm just, if you're, if you're watching the YouTube video, you will see me just laughing my ass off on mute. Like, no one can hear me laughing, just laughing my ass off at the fact that we are full on in the episode (laughs) and just finding out Justin has not watched the movie. (laughs) This is great. I really am glad you stayed on, though. You were like, let me ask some questions. Let's see what's going on. I knew you said it's so weird when you were talking about killers. (laughs) I just... It just didn't click at all. It just didn't click. <laughs> You're like, well, I yeah, you bought it. it that's what we're watching. Like, <laughs> That's after having a conversation about how I am going to probably split up watching Killers this upcoming weekend. <laughs> I'm like, what are you no, talking my about? Was, like- <laughs> my favorite was Sterling being like, why is this going to be a long episode? <laughs> 
And it ends up being a longer episode because we end up breaking in the middle of it. Yeah, because Jasmine's like, I got a lot to say. It's going to be a long one. And we're like, what? I just think it's funny that both me and Jasmine are equally confused by what the other one is saying. Yeah. I'm confused because Jasmine's like, I've got a lot to say. And I'm like, how the fuck does he have a lot to say about this fucking shitty movie? <laughs> you said there are no words. And I was like, motherfucker, it was three and a half hours of words. <laughs> I'm just like, no, there's not. <laughs> oh, no, just so much confusion. That's the, great. the funny thing is, is Killers of the Flower Moon is three and a half hours long. This movie is an hour 45. So it's exactly half the runtime of Killers of the Flower Moon. It has 100% less dialogue. <laughs> yes, this is accurate. And we yeah. still, it still didn't click to either one of us that we're not talking about the same movie. It didn't click <sighs> until I said the name of the movie we're going to fucking talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that was great. That is gold. I oh, love God, that. We are professional as fuck. <laughs> Damn. It just goes but to we show just you what kind of week it. I was having. <laughs> Damn. Oh, gosh. Oh, fuck me. That's fantastic. It really is. I think that that's the most I've laughed in an episode. Since A, Fast Family, when I talked about that's like nutting and then saying I need to put on a condom. Because fuck me, that's one of my best jokes ever. Yeah. Yeah. And then right. also, yeah, the Prisoners of Ghostland. Because we had such a hard time keeping it together in that episode. <laughs> yeah. We laughed through half of it. Yeah, that was great. Just trying to even figure out what the fuck we watched. That's uh, funny. And the sad thing is, is it almost had the same energy as this of... We could have watched two different movies. Who fucking knows with that one? Oh, oh man. Jesus Christ. That was Nicolas Cage too, right? Or no? Yeah, that was Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really kind of funny because like I really had like this very somber thing I was going to talk about towards the end of this episode. But this episode has been just so off the rails that like that's completely thrown off and I don't necessarily want to drag the energy down a little bit, but I mean, I, I, I do want to say this to our cine fans out there and all this other stuff. Uh, over the last few weeks, I know that we have been slightly inconsistent and by slightly, I mean, very inconsistent with the, the episodes being released and everything like that. Uh, by the time we are even recording this, that has been rectified and will continue to be rectified. Uh, just to be honest with everybody, I was going through some stuff in my personal life and, you know, also dealing with, you know, the mental illness I do have when it comes to like ADHD, I do rely very much on hyperfixating to do the editing of the video and audio because it's really just beneficial to be able to just sit for four hours and forget the world exists and just focus on that. And I became too reliant on that. So when things were happening, uh, you know, it, like I said, in my personal life, that became my hyperfixation. And so when I've been so reliant on my hyperfixation, to do my editing and I didn't have that anymore. It really kind of stalled me out for a little while. And when even some of the stuff was like uploaded and fixed, I just, I had to uh, fix how it was uploaded and fix some of those things. And I still couldn't even stay on track enough to do that. Um, And while some of that stuff is still slightly going on or whatever, like the benefit was is 
I just took a day and I took some time without hyper fixating on it to just do the work. So that's like one of the things that I do need to get better at as far as editing this stuff goes is just when I'm not hyper fixating on it to still just take the time to do it, you know, to still, you know, like doing those things. Like when they say like to create a routine of, you know, just do it. Like sometimes that's what you have to do. You have to just force yourself to do it, even if you don't feel like it and all those other things. And that's kind of what I ended up doing uh, this past Sunday. It was, I was able to just get a lot of work done and I just did it while watching football. I just edited while watching football, you know, and that was, I was able to like get through this stuff. So it will be better in the future guys. That's my bad. Wanted to kind of be uh, upfront and honest with you guys. Cause I try to be, you know, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I'm not going to go any more specific than what I did just, or, you know, because I, I know I've said some crazy ass shit on this podcast about my personal life. And I'm always fine with that because it only affects me. But if there are other people involved in stuff like that, even if no one out here knows those people or anything like that, I don't, you know, I'm not going to drag other people down with it. You know what I mean? I'm not going to air out something that might involve other people. If it's my life, I don't care. I'll, you know, I'll say anything that just affects me because, you know, I, I can control that. I, you know, I don't have to feel bad or worry about somebody else or anything like that when it just affects me. Uh, but you know, just wanted to be honest with our audience here, uh, and stuff like that. And I'd already talked to Justin and Heather before we started recording about all that, but yeah, there's a lot of episodes now, lots of episodes, including, uh, yeah, me and Heather did a bonus episode of follow the house of usher. And we did one on wish Justin wasn't able to be on those. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm really glad you stuck around on this with Justin. Cause that would have been like three in a row. You weren't on. Yeah. And apparently I can't get it together. So <laughs> I almost wasn't on this one. <laughs> Dang. So yeah, but, but, but no, it, I'm glad that I did stay. It was fun listening to y'all and chiming in whenever I could. It was, See, it was it's still fun, fun sometimes doing that. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If anybody has not heard, I did that on the glass episode. That's when Devin was doing the podcast and it was you and Heather and Devin all talking about the movie glass and just my ass going, I ain't watching that shit, but I'll be on the episode. Yep. So it's fun sometimes being that guy, just listening, chiming in. Yeah, it was fun. It was more fun and way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. I think it, it, it it was, it was really cool. You know, we got we got to find really a movie cool. for you to do that with Heather. Yeah, part of me is like, there's a few in the past that yeah, you know, I I, I could have been fine doing that with. <laughs> yeah. See, now that Justin's done it, and it wasn't just a me being weird thing. Mm-hmm. The next time we have now, one, I'm the odd person out. <laughs> yes. Now we need to rectify yeah. that and bring you in. Yep. On a movie yep, you, you haven't have watched. You. Especially yeah. if it's one of those movies where it's like a series and you just haven't watched any of the rest of them. And we're talking about it. I think that'd be really fun. That would be kind of funny. Yeah. All right. On that note, I'm out.